Hey, I'm Coach Mickey. And I'm Mel. And we're so glad that you joined us. And if this is your first time joining us, come on in and make yourself comfortable. And for those of you that join us on a regular basis, we are so glad that you do. And thank you so much for your comments, your questions, and your suggestions that you guys send out to us. And uh, we are really excited because we've got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to share with you. Um, and one of the things that we want to share with you guys, and we hope that you can find uh, an extra five bucks in your pocket or your wallet, you know, that you could... Uh, donate for us. Mel and I are doing our first year scholarship that we are going to give out to a well-needed college student. And we're going to leave it open for you guys if you have someone you'd like to suggest. And this scholarship is going to be Start Your Extraordinary College Journey Scholarship. Mm -hmm. And we are so excited because a lot of times, even for for me working with kids, and I know you have too, Mel, I mean, even Mm -hmm. with your own experience, sometimes that first initial uh, financial burden comes from having to travel to the college. Then they, yes. then there's an application fee. And then if you do commit to the college, they want another deposit of like 200 bucks or more. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes that's a little difficult, even for those that are trying to get grants and scholarships and uh, that little financial burden sometimes can be a huge roadblock. So we are offering a $500 scholarship to, any of our circle of friends that thinks that they know someone that is in need or could definitely use this. So please look on our website. There is a button there where you can reach out and buy us a cup of coffee. And 100% of those proceeds are going to go towards the scholarship. And in the event, we do better and make more than 500 And from your kindness and your generosity, we're just going to roll it over to a second oh, scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That'd be great. That? <laughs> so we have, a, well, that, that's to start out or tell us, tell me something good. So that's, mm-hmm. that's something we're both doing together. So I, mm-hmm. I love that. But you've had some fun things transpire I, over the last couple of weeks. I have literally, I've been doing, um, been doing some treasure hunting myself. <laughs> I know I've found a couple of gems. Um, okay. So one of my favorite things, I love to collect the glass paperweights. And so I'm always looking for those. Um, and that was, that was a collection that I just learned to love because of, um, my mother-in-law, she had a huge collection of Murano glass paperweights. I loved those. They were so beautiful to look at. So I kind of took that on too. So, <laughs> so I, I found a really beautiful one that has, it looks like, um, an aquarium. Oh, wow. Yeah, it is so cool. You can look inside and there's little fish and everything. So, oh, I love it. I have it sitting on my desk. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have to feed it or anything, but <laughs> that's about, the best kind. <laughs> I know, right? I don't have to spill water on my computer, but it's, it's really pretty. And then um, this is actually a really cool thing that I found. I could not tell you the like the official name or anything, but I do know that um, it is vintage, but it is um, a glass. It's a glass that has been formed into like a, a, a type of lily and it has a long stem. And then there is a, a stand that it sits in like leaves that wrap around it made of like, um, I think it's made of like stainless steel or something like that. Or sterling, something. Um, not sterling, but stainless steel. Uh, <laughs> it was only marked for like four or five dollars. I mean, it wasn't very much, but the reason it was is because it was the base was very ugly. It had rust all on it. 
And so I could see why, you know, some people wouldn't get it. But I took that thing because I thought there's something, I mean, it's something beautiful and it's unique. And I love that. I brought it home and I got out my stuff and I started like trying to get the rust off. And I got probably like 95% of it off of there. It is so beautiful. And then I find out, you know, it's, it's worth about, you know, anywhere from 50 to $75. So it's not too bad. Not wow. Too bad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but, I got to ask. So how much did you end up paying for it? Uh, yeah. But I think it was $4 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a pretty good, but it's, it was really unique and I had not seen anything like that. So I always look for that. Um, and the other one, of course, I always gravitate towards things I like first. <laughs> so, so, uh, hot air balloon it is it is literally it's it's like an ornament but it's too heavy to hang on a tree so I guess it's one that you can just hang out and just look at it but it is really pretty and um I think I only paid a couple bucks for that I don't I haven't really researched that one yet but you know of course it caught my eye who knows it I'll end up keeping it that's probably one of the worst things though I see things I like and then I end up keeping some of them and <laughs> then I try and get rid of them. <laughs> I, <laughs> I enjoy it, right? <laughs> well, you find some great stuff. And and again, I, I swear for some of the stuff that you find and what you, after you clean <laughs> it up and flip around, you know, I always think it would be great for you to get like one of those places where they're like mm-hmm. at the antique stores or the craft fairs where, or yeah. even those pop-up Etsy's where you just, yeah. well, they can't do Etsy because Etsy has to be homemade, but, uh, or handcrafted, I should say. But, but I think it'd be fun because there's a place here in um uh oh my gosh um oh my gosh i'm drawing a blank where's the mission um oh oh uh oh my see i haven't see what kind of strano i couldn't think of it oh my god you'll have to take me there yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't been yeah so there's a well i gotta take you because there's a place in san juan capistrano that is called an antique mall and it Mm -hmm. is just this huge building and everybody has these uh like i don't know maybe a 10 by 10 little spot maybe even smaller and they're almost like little little areas that people bring in stuff whether they're Mm -hmm. antiques or stuff to sell or clothes or whatever and uh they just you know they sell it and you know there's a little tag on it and then you can take it up front and then they know who who it belonged to and and, and all that jazz but my gosh for what you find and for the uh what they're worth compared to what you pay i uh, I think you could I, probably do well with that. It's so funny because I literally, I literally, I mean, sometimes, well, most of the times I get a gut, I just go with a gut feeling or I, I just like the way that it looks and I can kind of determine whether it's vintage or not. Um, but, you know, that is one of my, one of my goals is I know my mom and I at one time, that's what we wanted to do. We actually had one. Uh, way back ooh, in like the mid 2000s, uh, we had a small little booth at a little antique place uh, called Fantastic Finds, and it was in Newton, North Carolina. And we we would put up some stuff and we we did pretty good, you know, uh, at the time, but it's even bigger now. So I I told her, I said, we might have to revisit that one because I do, unfortunately, I do have a lot of stuff. And so I'd have a really... <laughs> Really full booth. <laughs> well, yeah, and that would be really fun. I mean, just 
just to go out and find these treasures. I remember as a kid, my grandmother used to love to do garage sales mm-hmm. and she collected uh, the teacups and she oh. it would just be one teacup with the saucer. And I remember she had shelves of them all oh. in the living room. And, you know, she had uh, different teacups from different places and she loved like the little delicate, you know, patterns mm-hmm. of flowers and stuff. And Oh my gosh, I can remember some of the stuff. And then do you remember those big bottles? They're almost, they were called, um, they were like jugs, like they used for a distillery. Like yes. they would get, yeah. And they'd be like that, but not, what were they like uh, clay? So they mm-hmm. were like, they were heavy. And oh my gosh, she had those and she had different oh trunks. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I would love to have, have you know, to have that yeah. stuff. Cause I can only imagine what they're worth now. And, uh, but the stuff that you find, you know, it'll be really fun because uh, going out here, you know, to different thrift stores or garage mm-hmm. sales here in California is so much different than going to the ones back yes. east because you find totally. some seriously hidden treasures because people are like, I just want to get rid of it. And mm-hmm. there's so much history back there that mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't know what they've got and they're just like, oh, I just want to get rid of it. But mm-hmm. um, I always wonder, do you think, and again, this is something because you're more familiar. Do you think that you would do better bringing stuff from the East Coast and putting it out here in West Coast uh, areas like a, like a like you said where you could put a room or you have a little shop, or do you think it'd be better to go West Coast stuff and bring it to the East Coast because there really are two different yes. types of uh, motifs? What do you think? Well, well, the the biggest thing is, you know, I, I was back there recently. So my mom and I did go to uh, thrifts, you know, to a couple places. Um, you know, it is so polar difference because on the West Coast, we seem to be steeped more in the um, the mid-century modern, the kind of vintage in like 50s, 60s, 70s area. Mm-hmm. And back there, they do have a lot more what I antiques. And truthfully, my real estate career, a lot of times going through older homes or um, you know bigger homes or anything, you, I rarely saw a lot of antique type furniture, like from the 1700s or the 1800s. It's very few and far in between, um, more of the mid-century. So, and then as far as on the East Coast, they seem to be more steeped in uh, more contemporary to completely historical you know it's all antique antique yeah so it is it is a vast different I mean it 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 would probably have some appeal for somebody or it would probably get some traction here but not I just don't see a lot of um people gravitating towards a lot of antiques um uh, now me I love antiques because I grew up in the area where furniture was the leading industry that's the place you went to work at so like Broyhills and Bassett and play, and those types of um furniture so I learned to love good quality furniture cuz they last forever forever and if you get tired of the color, you know, or, you know, the stain, you could always switch it up. It was easy to do. So the, I love doing that. I love either refurbishing it into its original or changing it to something that would go more con- in contemporary style. But um, I don't see those types of lines from the high boys and, and those types of furnitures to here. 
um, because a lot of people, the houses are smaller and they don't necessarily have room for the larger pieces too. So I think over time too, I mean, I've noticed just some of the really good quality mm-hmm. pieces of furniture are solid wood. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can tell as soon as you flip it over, you can tell if it's real wood. <laughs> Try to and, push it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then, then compared to stuff that's press wood, cause mm. you can fake real wood with press wood oh, if you know what easy. you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really don't know until you either chip it or something like that. And you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. this is, you know, it's funny that you said that because I had uh, I had bought a table that I really really liked and it's kind mm-hmm. of stone on the top and and it's very heavy um, mm-hmm. and I thought okay this is a good piece of furniture at least the top is mm-hmm. but when I was moving it unfortunately I chipped one of the legs well then I realized the leg was like this really condensed pressed oh. wood I'm like you've got to be kidding oh me. no you know? <laughs> I know which is so funny but um. But no, you're right. I think that is that is so funny. My dad goes to this auction house where he lives, and every time I go home and visit him, he'll say, "Let's stop by the auction house because cool. he'll do stuff online." And he buys his he has certain things he buys. But I was in there one time, and I'll tell you what: if I had knew a way to get it back, or had the, my you know forever home that was a mm-hmm. cabin up in the woods, they had an antique sleigh that you would pull oh by horses. God. I mean, I'm talking about the full on sleigh with yeah. the, you know, the seats. I mean, it was, to me, it was magical. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I would have snatched up that sleigh in a heartbeat if I had had a place to put it. I was, oh I loved God. it. I absolutely, because I guess I've always envisioned, I want a place where I've got horses and, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. And right. if not, I, I, I could always have the sleigh and then find somebody who's got horses. <laughs> and I guess yeah. We could kind of collaborate together. There you go. But, um, <laughs> But I, yeah, I, I just thought it would, but you're right. It always amazes me. You know, if you've got a superpower, it's for you to find a good deal. And <laughs> I know. Weirdly <laughs> enough, it's, it's, it's kind of creepy sometimes. Like, how did I do that? And um, the one thing, as far as the furniture, like my mom and dad for a wedding gift from the the 60s, they actually got a French provincial set um, that they bought when they were first married. We still have that thing. And oh, wow. it is still in excellent condition it's solid wood and you know one has a the nightstand has a marble top but they they are it's a good investment um because you just it's you just don't find that kind of quality anymore without paying a huge price so uh, definitely and it also keeps a lot of those types of things from going into landfills because you know a lot of people they just don't they they can't take it with them or for some reason they end up it end up um, in the landfill. So it's a good way to, to rescue those as well, to keep from uh, that happening. So, yeah. And it's good furniture. So yeah. Yeah. Take a second look. Well, speaking of traveling back and forth, I, mm-hmm. you know, you and I were going to talk about as, you know, as we yep. do in our tell me something good. Um, I really thought maybe this episode, because we're just getting through, uh, Memorial Day. And as it happens, uh, you know, obviously it's a great day for, for remembrance. Uh, but also for being from back east, mm-hmm. it usually mean it kicks off summer where right. everything seems to open and people start traveling. Kids are starting to get out of school. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to share share some of uh, the travel tips, not only that, you know, I, I know can help you out regardless of whether you're traveling, you know, road, road travel, if you're doing a road trip, or if you're going to Europe, or if you're taking a cruise, or, uh, you know, even just a weekend getaway. And um, even just for my experience, I'm going to add on a little bit. I know you got some things to add too, huh, Mel? Yeah, I do. I do have a couple tips, one by yeah. air and one by 
land, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Plane, trains, and automobiles. Or automobile oh yeah, there's all like that, yeah. on that one too. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so um, so I'm just going to start. So real quick, um, there and these are not necessarily in in the order. And take, I was I I my. My mom always says, take what you need, leave the rest. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So some of the stuff I throw out here, you guys may not even need. Um, so just to start with, I'm going to start with just the real basic stuff. Uh, packing. Packing is so, uh, oh, yes. it, we, it's crazy. I, what's it called? Um, uh, J.I.K.'s just in case clothes. Just, no, oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, or, oh, excuse me, J.I.K., J.I.C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, give me a, give me a pass on that one. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, just in case clothes, J.I.C. clothes. So I uh, basically try to figure out what you want to wear. Um, what I do, especially because traveling back and forth to the East Coast, I, you know, it's, it's expensive having to pay for a check bag at yeah. 35 bucks a pop. So mm-hmm. I have gotten it down to where I can travel for a week, uh, with just a carry on. And what I do is I take my clothes and I lay them out on the bed and I go through each day and I'll go, okay, so I'm going to need undergarments for this many days and I'll put that out. And then I'll say, okay, I know I can wear my jeans twice, you know, and then I've got different blouses that I can mix and match. And then I figure figure out what exactly am I doing? If I'm going to go hiking, you know, if I'm going to, uh, if I'm going to just do some walking, am I going out one night and just try to figure out based on exactly what I'm doing, what I need to wear. And uh, with that being said, I have learned that if you take your undergarments, maybe not your, maybe not your bras, you know, for, for you gals that are uh, traveling, Mm -hmm. sometimes they're, they're difficult to roll up, but any other undergarments, you can put them in like a, one of those Ziploc bags and right. then take it and just kind of close it a little bit more than halfway, about three quarters, roll it as tight as you can so you can get all the air out mm-hmm. and then close it. And when you, when it flattens out, it's, it's taken all the air out. So it flattens them out. So it takes right. up less space and you can do that with your t-shirts. You could do that with your shorts, um, anything to just roll it really tight and get the air out. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you get more space and, and pack it down into your suitcase. Mm-hmm. Um, that too, and wear the shoes that are the big, biggest and bulkiest, yes. uh, because you're going to take them off anyway. And then, uh, you're only traveling, so it doesn't really matter. And that way it gives a little bit more space, but I found that really helps with my packing. Um, How did you, I mean, my biggest issue is now I have packed for like two and a half weeks to Europe in one carry on because I was made to do it. And I had to learn how to roll and everything. Girlfriend, you're a pro. You're better than me. (laughs) You did two weeks in Europe. You'll learn, you know, especially in winter. It's like, oh my God, there's no way I was, Mm. I was panicking. There's no way I can go to Europe on carry on for that length of time and have the clothes I need for winter. Well, I figured it out. I got it done. Um, but the, the, the primary thing is if you get really cold, you want to double up on your clothes. And of course, the one that's on the inside most likely will get the dirtiest first. Then you could, you know, wash it and let it could dry. But then you could just double up on your shirts. And then what's on the inside, you wash. And then what's on the outside, if it's not, as long as it's not dirty, just put it too dirty. Just put it underneath the next day. So I was like double up it on shirts anyway. Um, like but rotating, rotating, <laughs> your t-shirts. rotating t-shirts. But um, the, my biggest problem though, and maybe you can tell me is always my shoes because I need the, I need the just good 
tennis shoes or walking shoes for, for exercising or hiking. And then I need like a nice pair of dress shoes for the fancy nights out. And then normal, I mean, how, what do you do when you got way too many shoes for different outfits? You just pick something kind of neutral or what? Okay. So I, I got two, two tips for that. Actually, I got okay. three to, to back up one about the t-shirts and stuff mm-hmm. for, for clothes, because if you are traveling a lot and you don't have access to, uh, you know, a dry cleaner or washing machine or right. whatever, uh, they pack dryer, tri- uh, dryer sheets mm-hmm. in, you know, you can, you know, maybe yep. get a little thing, a dryer sheet. So I did learn that. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for me, what I do, especially for my socks or anything that's really small, I actually um, do the same thing. I roll them up really tight into a plastic bag and I put them mm-hmm. inside my shoes because your mm-hmm. shoes are going to take up space. Yes. And regardless of how you pack them, and I try to pack them close and against the um, outside of the suitcase. So okay. put the bottom of the shoe all the way close. And then if you have to pack like um, maybe some of your travel shampoos or uh, vitamins, you know, mm-hmm. anything you can roll up and stick in your shoes. And I know you're a boot gal. So you, I know oh, you're I'm packing a boot boots too. So oh, for you, goodness. I mean, if you want to keep everything clean, I would even do that with your t-shirts. I mean, if you're going to pack okay. those, you could pack Good stuff idea. inside those. And I've done that where I've actually have packed stuff inside my boots because I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, if I'm not going to wear them, I'm going to take them. So uh, that, or like you said, fine, fine, neutral, because you, you're not going to be able to bring your black boots, your brown boots, your beige boots, you know what I mean? So pick the Bummer. most neutral color. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that's what I was doing. Like, all right, that's where it comes into place of figure out exactly what you're going to wear. Now in the summertime, we've got a little bit more freedom because oh, yeah. we're wearing shorts, flip flops and, you know, and, and some, you know, cute fun Vandals. tops. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we're not going to take up that much room. Um, but that, or the other thing too is, and that's a little bit further down my line, what I was going to suggest is when you travel, there's, there's something I have learned just by experience is you may have your carry on bag. And sometimes the airlines will say, okay, we don't have any more room. You can't put them up top. You're going to have to check it. Well, I don't have a problem checking it. And I, a lot of times I, I don't mind checking it. However, mm-hmm. what I have learned is that anything I'm taking on my carry on, especially my laptop bag, um, because that, that is my, my carry on. And I've got a pretty big laptop bag. I always bring one change of clothes oh, yes. in my laptop bag. I have another shirt. I have another pair of pants. I've got socks and undergarments. Yep. And I have one small, I call it my bug out bag, which is mm-hmm. my a little thing of my my makeup, my, my hairbrush, my toothbrush, a toothpaste, mm-hmm. even just a little travel because I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten someplace and my luggage is nowhere to be found. Yep. And I'm like, I am not going to spend two days or three days wearing the same stuff. Right? <laughs> oh, my no. God something with me. I can at least feel like I've, I've, you know, feel like a real person. Mm -hmm. So I I would highly suggest, uh, suggest that. So, so that, that comes with the packing. Mm -hmm. Um, now just the stuff to bring with you. And these are just kind of some couple little, well, I don't know, Mel, do you have anything else you want to add to that about the packing? Mm -hmm. No, actually, I think I think that really works. And the same thing works like you were talking about where your biggest and bulkiest shoes, um, when you're like, especially by air, um, I did the same thing with the jacket because even though I knew I was going to have to take it off, I stuffed rolled up shirts and everything in the pockets of the jacket that I wore. <laughs> 
Oh, that's creative. Okay. Yeah. That's creative. I didn't think about that because you're right. Cause you're going to be, I always take off my coat anyway. And I usually, I, yeah. I like a window seat. So I'm always laying against the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the window anyway. And I use my coats and you're, cause you're carrying on. That's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Oh, man. To, any, yeah. any place I could find a hole, I was stuffing clothes in it. Cause I'm like, who, I mean, how can you go on date night and then go hiking during the day? I was like having to pick, pick it all. I'm really bad about that, but yeah, it's a good lesson because especially when they tell you, you have to carry your own bag, then you yeah. learn really quickly how to find places, pockets, everything. Yeah. That's but, brilliant. I didn't think about that, about the pockets mm-hmm. in my jackets. That's really good. Mm-hmm. So, so the, there's other little things that you guys may want to take into consideration. And when I'm packing, I do this when I unplug my phone in the morning before I'm ready to travel, I pull out, I take the charger off the phone, I mean, out of the wall, and mm-hmm. I set it right on top of the suitcase. That way I don't forget my charger because that's okay. usually the number one thing you forget. Yep. Even in hotel rooms or when you're traveling, the number one thing that is forgotten and lost is a phone charger. Mm-hmm. So for you guys to be able to make a mental note of that, what I would do is whenever you unplug your phone, as soon as you get up, even in the hotel, unplug it from the wall and put it right on top of your suitcase or Good in your idea. suitcase. That That's the first thing. Um, then also uh, bring different different things such as obviously um, your credit cards, your passport, um, your license, anything that you are bringing with you. Um, in the event that it is lost or stolen, I have gotten in the habit of taking a picture of everything, my license, my passport, and um, obviously my itinerary of where I'm going to be. And I leave it with a family member somewhere back in the States. Uh, because in the event that I do lose my passport or something happens, they're able to be able to contact the embassy and get me, I can get that copy to have at least exactly. that copy of it. Not only that, if you email it to them, you have a copy of the email yourself. So it's always a good idea to have someone have your itinerary and a copy of that, and then you have it on your email. So, um, that's a good idea. And then obviously just getting down to the, the little stuff is uh, print out your itinerary, print out your itinerary and your reservations. Um, I have had a couple of times where I've gotten in squirrely spots where I can't get my email to come up or my internet. Mm. Now it's gotten better, but I'm all about, look, if I at least have the paper, I'm good to go. Uh, I had that happen in the train station when I was in Europe. I couldn't get the, I couldn't get my phone to work. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm glad I printed it out because I had them, I had the reservations and stuff right there that I could take up to the, the ticket counter. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say print it out. It's just worth having. Stick it in, in some kind of a zip-up envelope or whatever that you have where it has all your travel plans. Um, bring hand sanitizer, maybe some some wipes, uh, a note, uh, maybe some snacks, some reading material, mm-hmm. uh, just, just little things like sunscreen. Make sure you pack sunscreen. Go get get sunscreen and bring it with you because God knows I have bought sunscreen (laughs) other places and I've paid a fortune for it. It's like, I know you need sunscreen. You're going to pay heavy for it if you don't bring your own. Uh, So yeah, those were, those were kind of my, my travel tips, Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, always go the safety route, you know, uh, check, 
you know, check where the hotel's located, try to travel during the day, have mm-hmm. your, have your arrangements made. So, you know, um, if you're traveling alone, again, like we mentioned in podcasts prior, don't let other people know you're traveling alone. Always get a room for two and say, my, my partner, my spouse, my friend, my significant mm-hmm. other is parking the car. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, obviously if you are, you know, traveling with other people, don't, don't separate, don't split up, yeah, you know, stay always together. stay together. Yeah. Um, and again, let always let other people know where you're, where you're going to be and your itinerary, uh, just so they, they have that information. But yeah, I, I think for this year, it's going to open up a lot more travel for mm-hmm. people. Unfortunately, you know, our gas prices are a little squirrely, but I mean, if people are even doing staycations that are close by for a day trip, um, there are so many things you can reach out and find. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever gone on mail and just said, Hey, what's near me or uh, what, what can you find like within 12 hours or, you know, just in driving distance? Oh yeah. Quite a few things. Actually. I, uh, I, I need to make plan cause I do like those, especially right now with gas prices, um, to be able to even just find something unique here locally. Um, I was trying to remember one I found recently uh, for San Diego area. I'm like, Whoa. Where is that? So I got to check it out. So, um, but it's, it's like hidden San Diego. So maybe are there areas you might want to search and see what might be unique in your, in areas that you live in and go check it out. Cause I think, um, I brought up, cause I think you had asked me about that, um, that a Western town in North Carolina. Uh, oh. Love Valley, Love Valley, I think it was. Uh-huh. And I happened to bring that up when I was back there. And my mom's, she's, she's like, what? I don't know. But then when I pulled it up, you know, on uh, the television, YouTube, she, you know, showed her, she, oh yeah, I remember that place. So a lot of they got excited. Oh, I haven't been there in years. I wouldn't mind going back. So even if you've been at one point in your life, go back now and um, enjoy the second time. Oh, but, yeah. It's always unique. I mean, there's always like unique places to see within your own, own hometown for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that especially, you know, when you're just traveling, but even day trips, like mm-hmm. you said, for family and try to go during the week if you can. Now, some of us oh, work, yeah. but if you can get that opportunity, you're going to get a much better price too on hotel rooms mm-hmm. um, and you're not going to worry about weekend traffic. Oh, but exactly. uh, yeah, so this was fun. You guys yeah. got a little, little something, something. We haven't had a chance to come on and tell you something good. And um, if you've got any treasures that you guys have found, and again, Mel, you're going to send me the pictures of the mm-hmm. things that you discovered and found and we'll put those up and uh also um the if you guys have pictures or you've got any other travel tips that you'd like to share we'd like to go ahead and and bring those up and share them in in future tell me something good podcast and and keep your pictures coming and we've got some really fun guests coming up over the next week or so we have got uh a guy that actually travels around to different colleges and he's going to give us the the ins and outs of that and that is a perfect timing because i know a lot of uh are trying to figure out what they're doing. And mm-hmm. just as I did, I have no idea where to even start when it comes to that, that aspect. So I, yeah. I learned hit and miss. So I'm excited to have him on. We also have another guest uh, who raises 
birds. She mm-hmm. raises parakeets and um, she's a lot of fun. So I'm excited to have her on. So stay tuned with us. But uh, yeah. So Mel, I um, this was fun. I'm excited. Yes. I learned a lot. <laughs> Got some great tips. All right, you guys, please uh, log on to our website. And if you feel in- inclined to, to donate and help us towards our vision of giving away a scholarship to someone who needs it, we are grateful that you will donate towards us even five bucks. Five bucks is a cup of coffee, which would be mm-hmm. awesome, but it all adds up. Uh, so we thank you for that, especially for some of those that have already donated. I want to thank Julie, and I'd like to thank Denise for already donating towards our, our scholarship. We, we, we are so grateful that you guys have. Mm-hmm. And uh, until then, we will see you guys next week. We are just ordinary friends trying to live an extraordinary life, and we'll see you next week. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. <laughs> This episode was brought to you by KeepOnSharing.com. They're calling themselves the first truly ethical social network. They'll share back 50% of their revenue with their users, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's free to register, and they never sell your information. You can list your products, events, and content for free. Adult content accounts, be gone. They're fun, positive, and encouraging sites supporting local business. In a day and age where social media sites, even well-established ones, are being brought to light left and right for their questionable and sometimes downright archaic business practices, KeepOnSharing.com is a well-needed breath of fresh air. While you can share personal content, news articles, or just about anything for fun and profit, the marketplace allows practically anyone to sell anything at any time from anywhere. But on this site, you are the boss. I cannot express how amazing it is that KeepOnSharing.com shares 50% of all revenue back with the users on top of having a truly transparent, supportive, and clean business model. Check them out. I'm signing up. Will you? Go ahead and meet me on there. Just go to KeepOnSharing.com. A link will be provided in this episode's description. 